And what we need to do is understand we're not playing games anymore. We have to know what we know of the Bible and be ready to defend the faith. And I'm not talking about arguing with skeptics. I mean, after all, we all watch the news. It's on 24-7. And we listen to them argue with each other and argue with each other. And pretty soon, everybody looks kind of silly, don't they? And you, it's, I, don't, I don't like the ugliness of it. But we must know what God has provided for us to know. And by the words of the truth and the Holy Spirit, what can we do? We can win some to Jesus. We can win some to Jesus. That's what we're after. David Jeremiah, and I think it was three weeks ago in his sermon, he told this uh, story. And I want you to hear it and understand where I'm coming from with this. He said, there is a professor at North Carolina. He's very distinguished, and he's really well-liked by his students. His name is Bart Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N. His books sell like hotcakes just as soon as they're on the shelf. Particularly young people are buying them. And he claims that at one time he was an evangelical born-again Christian, and then he went to so-called conservative colleges. But by the time he got out of Princeton Theological Seminary, he was ready to renounce his faith, and he did. He calls himself an agnostic, and he's become very, very critical of evangelical Christians like us. It's hard to get in his class. It is so popular. They limit it to 300 students per class, and they flock there to listen to this man who's so charismatic, and he speaks out his skepticism. In one of his books, he tells the story of how he begins every single class. And now you understand he's talking to 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids here who are trying to decide what they're going to do with their life and what direction they're going to go. The first thing he begins with his class of 300 students is this question. How many of you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? And all over the class, there are hands that are raised up. And then he asks, how many of you have read every one of the Harry Potter books, whoosh, ever hands up, all over that place? And then he says, and how many of you have read the entire Bible? And he looks around, one, two, three, out of the 300. The professor says this, I'm not saying that I think God wrote the Bible, but you are telling me you think God wrote the Bible. I can see why you might want to read Harry Potter, but if God wrote a book, wouldn't you want to see what he has to say? And the kids are silent in the face of that. How do you argue with that? Because, see, even Christians, people that are going to church fairly regularly, they will read the newspaper and books and magazines. They'll read what everybody posts on Facebook, but only a few get out their Bible and really read it. They'd rather come and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to a sermon by my pastor. Feed me, pastor. I didn't study all week myself. I, I haven't opened the Bible, but here I am. Now you tell me what you learned this week. That's why I'm so glad to see you. You're ready to study the Bible. You will hold it in your hands during the week in, in this class, and you'll answer questions that will help you see some verses in a brand new light. And why not just get through something with a why not just come to church and let the pastor teach it well here's the reason because that pastor as good as he is as dedicated as he is he cannot know the intimate way that god wants to deal with you as you open the word and as you get what god is saying to you see we don't just read the bible the bible reads us knows us 
knows what we need to hear. The Holy Spirit inside of you will interpret the things that you need to hear. It's amazing how many different things can be heard from one passage by several different Christian people because they are at different places in their life. Have you all read a passage that you've read forever and all of a sudden it's new? Yeah. The Bible reads us and we respond to that. Listen, we represent so many different denominations here, but we all have something in common, don't we? We have found life in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's our, that's our commonality. One way to heaven, not many ways. Agreed? Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Say the next part with me. No man cometh to the Father but by me. No loopholes. No loopholes. Doesn't matter how hard you work, what you do. It's just Jesus. That's all there is. So we're kindred spirits here because we have the same Holy Spirit inside of us, and it doesn't matter if we don't know each other yet. We know who is in each other with that sweet Holy Spirit of God. And we're concerned that those outside of these walls are people who don't know what we know, and frankly, they don't even want to until they get in trouble, until they get in trouble. Outside of these walls, and possibly somewhere in your very own life, there's an alcoholic who's so sick with themselves, a trap, because they don't know the miracle-working power of God. They don't know the freedom that's there waiting for them. And just outside these walls, there's a young girl who has just gotten pregnant, and she's trying to make a decision to figure out if this abortion is going to be her quick fix. There she's out there. Outside these walls are kids with venereal diseases hiding it from their parents. Now, why would I bring that up to you? Because in Washington County, it's prevalent. It really is. The National Center for Disease Control reports one in four teens contact STDs every year, not adding, already adding to those that already have them. And that number just grows and grows. <laughs> Those children in junior high and high school need to know that there's God that has a plan to keep them from those diseases, and the plan is good. They need to know that. Outside of the walls of this church, there's somebody that's suicidal this morning. There's somebody on drugs that they just don't ha see any hope to get off of them. They don't know what they're going to do. The money's gone. Their family's going. They don't even understand that there's an answer. We know there's an answer. Here's my heart concerning this Bible study. There is a wonderful scripture in, in Acts 4.13. You know, the new believers, the church, the newly formed church, they were filled with the Spirit. And listen to this. And when the people saw them, they were astonished and took note that they had been with Jesus. Took note they'd been with Jesus. What if you could walk out of here? on Tuesday mornings, armed with the word of God and the joy of the Lord, and people would take note, she's been with Jesus. What if you could get up from your study every morning and your family said, Mom's been with Jesus, Grandma's been with Jesus, one of my friends been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they would know that because of the glow in your face and the revelation in your heart and the smile and the way you treat them? Huh? What if we could get closer to God than ever before because God is pleased and wants to fill us with his presence. There is always more of God. I don't care how much you've got of him. There's depths that you will never reach in this lifetime, not until we see him in glory, just glorified. We'll never know that. This is what I pray will happen to you this year. I pray that you will come here and praise God, and you'll be filled with joy. 
And I pray that we will pray more powerful prayers than we have ever prayed in our life because this is a time when it is desperately needed. I pray that you'll know what it's like to get so close to the throne that you just on your knees can look up and see the Shekinah glory of God. You'll pray the way he wants you to pray. I pray that you'll open your Bibles at home and every time before you do a lesson that you will drop your face in that Bible and say, God, reveal to me what you want me to know today. Start it with a prayer and see what he will do. He wants you to ask his presence as his words are being spoken to you. Why is it called the word of God? It's his words. It's his words, and we've got to get it. Then people will say, well, look at her. I think she's been with Jesus. I want that for every one of you. There's a problem in America, isn't there? We know it. There's a problem in the church. It's so easy to love the church, but once we get outside these walls, what has happened in years past is the church gets very silent. Satan is loud and louder and louder, and the church is silent. We didn't fight against the foul language when it first appeared on our television sets many years ago, just a word or two. What we did was go, isn't that awful? That's what we did. <laughs> and now language is so filthy and so common that our children go to school and have to hear it all day long in the halls. Okay? We didn't fight against pornography at first. We just let it go. You know, after all, it's a personal choice that people have to make, and if they choose, there's nothing I can do about it. But now the biggest viewer of the Internet porn are little boys between the ages of 12 and 18. And their eyes are filled with it. Their minds are polluted by it. Sometimes it's all they can think of. We should have raised a hue and cry and protected them a while back. And we understand that media is basically ungodly. And I mean, they, they want nothing of God in anything that they say. We let the genie out of the bottle on our watch, and he wants to rule the world. Where were our voices when they took Bible and prayer out of school? Where was the church? Why didn't we rage against the perversion in movies and the violence in video games? And why are we not outraged today by sex trafficking and child abuse and flagrant use of drugs? The church of Jesus Christ was meant to be at the front of the battle against evil. Would you agree with me that we have sat down when we should have stood up? Is it too late? Is it over? No. God is still on the throne. Have you noticed? He's still there when you go to talk with him. He has not been unseated. He's not going to be unseated. And the words are still true. What words? Oh, you know what I'm going to say because it's what he's calling us to today. If my people, my people, called by my name, if you guys, I don't think God says guys, but can I go ahead? If you guys will humble yourself and pray, and seek my face, if you'll just do that and turn from your wicked ways, then you know what I'll do? I'll hear from heaven, and I'll forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. Do you think that promise is not good anymore? It's good right now. It's good right now. Today, as it has ever been, it is not too late. We're still here. God's still on the throne. We're still able to meet together. We have to get in our hearts, women. Do I think that a bunch of women could go back to their churches and stir it up a little bit? I sure do hope so. I hope it happens. I really do. So God will use us. And here's the way it works. The moment we get out of church with the gospel and see what God can do, we get empowered. The church gets exciting. We can't be excited just sitting in a pew. I, I go to Potosi Southern, and my church is going to be changed again doing Judgment House. 
because we're going to be praying more together than we did the, the last couple of months. We're going to be seeking God. We're going to be working hard. We're going to go night after night, and we are going to get excited in God. This church right here is in this beautiful program. It's called Celebrate Recovery. Is that correct? Celebrate Recovery. They're getting people in here from out there. You know what? It helped their church. It brought excitement to their life and, and promise and, and, you know, fulfill your duty here and God will bless you. That's not going to get us to heaven. But we ought to be loving God so much because Jesus got us to heaven that we're going to want to give it to other people. Right? That's the purpose here. <laughs> and, you know, God will use us in trouble like we've got in America today. And we can say, well... My father has permitted this in my life, so I know there's a purpose, and God will use it for good. I believe that. You know, if you go through chemo, you can stand by someone else who has faith in that. And if you have experienced divorce, and you understand the depression and the hard time that followed, you can go to somebody else with the same heart, and you can say, you know what? I've been there. Let me tell you how God drew me to himself and walked me right through it, and I want to hear from you omnipotent mighty god's got this plan to grow us and send us to someone else god intends for us to be bigger than any discouragement we face so if you're discouraged today get over it right he intends that for us in this room are people who have lost children right here and in this room are people who have lost their spouses and people who have had cancer and there are people in here that are alone people who are battling illness right now and those with financial difficulties and family turmoil that they're worried to death about right so what's the big smile on your face this morning y'all came in just grinning from ear to ear how did that happen with all of that going on in our lives why did you end up to come and meet with a bunch of women studying the bible because you know what it is to be saved and to be grateful for it yeah we delight in giving this word into our hearts. We're putting ourselves in a spiritual position where God can make a kingdom woman out of us. I want kingdom women, don't you? I want them for my best friends, my best bud. Kingdom women. We delight in worshiping him. There is such power in a bunch of, of women worshiping God together, worshiping him, worshiping him together. One morning this summer, I was on my knees. I was looking up through my window, and I was singing God a song. I know that sounds corny, but I do it all the time, and he likes it even when I'm hoarse. He doesn't care. He likes it because I'm praising him. And somehow, as I was singing it, it wasn't enough, and I wanted God to see me sing the song to him. I put actions to that song, and then I took it to the women's retreat week before last, and Sheila came up to me and said, we need to do that Tuesday morning. And Sheila has the gift of administration or whatever she says I do. So <clears throat> she's like that, I'm telling you. So I want to sing this song with you, and I want you to catch on with me real quickly, and then we'll show you how we can picture to God who he is. Now you do the singing, and I'll do the carrying on, all right? And the words are, Father, I adore you. I lay my life before you, how I love you. And we'll start it right here. Can you sing it for me?
high road trouble, and it's, it's big, and I can't sing soft. I can sing loud, good, but I have no soft. Uh, <clears throat> Kathy, where, why don't you move all the way to the back? Kathy, get yourself up here. <clears throat> you got to be my voice. Tricky trot. There, she's gave him speed. Father first. Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. Just stay up. Just stay up. We're going to go get some refreshments and take them to the other room. Isn't that good when you study? You get to have coffee and um, whatever else they got over there, okay, goodies. And may I invite you, if you are a good cook, to sometimes bring some of your leftovers so this church doesn't have to supply everything for us. And if you're not a good cook, why don't you grab a bag of potato chips? Okay, that I bring potato chips. I'm really good at that. I can do that. And we don't have to every week. Just if you got something baked and it's left over. All right? Thank you for that. Let me say a prayer for you, and then we'll take off to the other room. 
Father, thank you for the privilege of getting to see these women praise your name the way they just did. Father, draw us closer together and make praise so comfortable with us that it will become automatic to us, Father, because you've told us to lift our hands to your name and you've told us to cry out and shout. And Father, you want vigorous praisers. I pray we could learn that even better this year, but I thank you for what you've done today. Now, Lord, we're going to go in the other room. You go in with us. I know you are. And, Father, you help us to understand everything there so we can come out this week prepared to do these lessons and get back together, prepared to talk about how wonderful you are with each other. Thank you, God. I love you with all my heart. And I ask this in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>